You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt McGacky, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Sarp Kesky of Bipolar Architecture. There's this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos. I hate calling myself that. I'm underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Hello and welcome to the Delirious Nomads the Blacklight Media Podcast. I'm your regular host, Matt Bacon, and I have a special guest today uh, who may have a familiar voice to some of you. Uh, you'll certainly recognize his shining bald head, our co-host, Chris Santos, who tipped his cap. But they can't see my shining bald head. If you're having a hard time visualizing it, look at the nearest metallic object. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so so does that mean that when we post this, you're going to say that your special guest was was me and there'll be a picture of me? Do I we get can get a picture of you. Guest? I could arrange that. Yeah. Yes, folks. How are you out there? I know we've got a couple of regular listeners who've been reaching out to me wondering where I've been, saying that Matt's been doing an admirable job running this here podcast, um, but wondering where the hell am I? A hurricane came and picked me up, and or a tornado, I should say, picked me up and and never put me down for a couple of months. It was mostly going back and forth to New York to shoot my Food Network show, Chopped, which I'm very excited to say I recorded several new episodes, my 14th year I'm doing the show, and I'm so excited to still be doing it. And we did a shit ton of new episodes. Um, I'm on a bunch of them. Um, and then there was the holidays and all that madness. And I just, uh, yeah, it's boring stuff, but I've just been really crazy. And then... I'm actually about to relocate in a week, uh, probably right, right about when the time this airs, um, I'll be relocating to Las Vegas for 12 to 14 weeks. Uh, I'll be opening up a restaurant there called Stanton Social Prime at Caesars Palace. If anybody knows me or follows my career or friends that are listening, um, I had Stanton Social in New York City for um, you know 15 years on the Lower East Side. It became a real fabric of the city of New York. I'm really proud of it. It's, can't say it's my favorite restaurant, but it was it was my first real successful restaurant and kind of made me who I am today. And so we're doing a reboot of Stanton Social at Caesars, um, but it's a huge, massive project. So I don't know how much time I'm going to have to uh, jump in on these podcasts until we get this restaurant open. But the plan is to get the restaurant open in March. And once that happens, my schedule is going to open up and I should be back here on a weekly basis, hopefully God willing and all those other things. There is no God, but you know what I'm saying? I thought there was Lemmy. There is Lemmy. That's true. Lemmy is God. So we are going to do the latest, most overdue, past deadline, not even relevant anymore, <laughs> top 10 records of 2022 that's ever been written about or recorded, because usually these things come up in December, um, and we are now closing in on February, and we're going to talk about last year's top 10 records. I think our lists are going to be very different. I'd be interested to see if 
any of our if if there's even one record on either of our lists that that we both have none of none of my selections are metal blade or blacklight media bands uh that felt like a little bit of you know it just felt like the right thing to do i mean obviously i would love to have included the nicholas cage fighter record or the raptors record or several other metal blade records but i decided to do it with just bands i truly love records i truly listen to a ton all year long that were not affiliated with our labels um and so that's how i that's how i came up with my list how about you matt i listen to more new metal records than almost anyone i know and i just chose the ones that were clearly the best okay and we're gonna do am i gonna do my top list and you're gonna do yours or should we just start with like my number 10 and your number 10 and did you like i put them in order i ranked them yeah i ranked mine too i think it probably makes more sense to go down yours and then go down mine so that okay. way we can actually like talk about it and i think otherwise trading off will get a little confusing okay great you go first okay so i want to start with honorable mentions wizard uh spelled w-i-z-z-e-r-d they have a record called space one excellent stoner rock cyclona have a record called palo verde again very good stoner rock dreadnought has this record called the endless which is like sort of art metal prog love dreadnought a spider who are which is my homie francis who i used to like be a crust punk with uh put out a record called it's the other band of the guys in cape of bats and uh Fuck the band, the black metal band who opened for My Chemical Romance. Um, oh my god, whatever. They're also an integrity, but this record, Bathe the Bathe, Bathe the Babe in Bat's Blood, glorious like speed black metal. Uh, the okay. Step and Doom self-titled record, which I executive produced, where we combined Mongolian. Ah, uh, not fair. Uh, nope, off the list. Well, can I talk about it for a second? It's cool. If you, exe- if you executive produced it, that's not right. Fine. Okay, off the list. Done. It can't be one of your favorites. Okay, and then Arc Go All Christianity Ends. Excellent, excellent Finnish black metal. I never heard of any of those records. What was the second one after Wizard? Uh, Cyclona. Cyclona. That's a cool name. That was on the Psycho Wax imprint, the Psycho Las Vegas record label. Yeah, I'm going to check out those first two for sure. I like I, I like myself some Stoner Rock. I'll send you this list. But my main list, where I actually have stuff to say about each of the records. Here we go. Arthur Brown. Yeah. I'm actually wearing the shirt right now. Arthur Brown, for those who don't know, is the biggest influence on Iron Maiden and Alice Cooper. I just booked Alice Cooper's 75th birthday party at Beauty and Essex in Los Angeles. There you go. But anyway, I, I digress. Go ahead. So he's a huge influence. Uh, we released, I signed him, and we released this to a label called Prophecy Productions. Released this record on his 80th birthday. This is all going to be a list of records that you either executive produced, or you signed, or you manage, or you promote. No, only half of it. I think more than half of it, but there needs to be a little bit of fanfare too. Like, let's start over. Like, okay, coming in at number ten is okay. Arthur Brown, Long Long Road, and but seriously, this record, the guy is eighty. This record is spectacular. It's like gorgeous blues rock that's just so thoughtful and interesting and well done. And just if you're looking for a fascinating blues rock journey. From the guy, one of the guys who's been doing it since like 1965 and who's still doing it at like a high level and still performing at a high level. This is something you need in your life. What's the name of the record again? The Long, Long Road. We're going to have our lists in the show notes. Coming in at number nine, Nicholas Cage Fighter. Okay. The Bones That Grew From Pain. Yep. I am obsessed with this record. 
I love the. I've always loved this band from the first time Chris showed them to me. They're on Blacklight. I just loved them from the first time Chris showed them to me purely because they're the perfect distillation of the last 10 years of death metal and death metal in the broadest possible sense. Like there's no other bands I really listen to that like process the Black Dahlia influence and the White Chapel influence and the Cannibal Corpse influence and the Suicide Silence, like all of these things, right? But it's not really deathcore. It's more death metal-y than that. But it's not like this new wave of old school death metal thing. You know, it kind of sits between all of them. And it's really, really cool because of that. Okay. So this next one. Blacklight Media Band. So it's much cooler when you are promoting Blacklight Media Bands than other projects that you do that have nothing to do with us. Okay, go ahead. Number and number number eight. <laughs> number eight. Great. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm just signing records I love. Like we can't put out a blues rock record on Blacklight. That up. Number eight. Okay. This is another record I worked on, but it's a record I started working on like five years ago. Uh, uh... One of the first bands I ever toured with in America was this band called Eight Bells. They were wrapping up a deal on this very tiny label called Battleground, and I was obsessed with them. I showed them to my friend who at Prophecy. He was so excited he couldn't get past the second song. He kept listening. We put out this record finally that's called Legacy of Ruin, spectacular post-metal. Eight bells? Eight bells. Gorgeous production, gorgeous record, Billy Anderson production. Really, really special album. Post-metal? What'd you say? Post-metal, yeah. Post-black like post metal. Post-black metal, okay. Got it. Okay. Now, now here's a band I don't work with. Coming in at number seven, Gates to Hell. This is a death metal band from I think Kentucky, who just that sounds that sounds about right. Gates to Hell would be probably in Kentucky. Yeah. Who just like understood the assignment? Like they just they're a young band who like understand death metal on like a just a deep fundamental level. And just like hearing them just shred is really exciting. Like they're, I don't know. I feel like I don't find a lot of bands who just can crush skulls that way. And just like they have the breakdowns, they have like that hardcore influence, but they're unabashedly a death metal band. Got it. And it's, it's just stunning. The level of work. Love that band. Okay. Number six. Number six. This is a band who, Probably, maybe have showed up on more year end lists of mine than any other band, but have, I think, never had my album of the year. But this is uh, Elder and their record, Innate Passage. Elder is a really interesting band for a bunch of reasons. Um, for anyone not familiar with them, they're sort of a prog doom band. Their evolution is, has been really remarkable because they started out just kind of as sleep worship. Right. They started out as like stoned kids, like just who wanted to be in sleep. That was the project. Playing 27 songs. Yeah, basically. Like it was like a little bit silly. And we became, I met them, I think, on their first European tour. I was like 15 or 16. They were like 20. But this record is just this incredible composition and just like long form compositions. But it's like if yes and Yab had a baby, it's spectacular. That doesn't sound spectacular to me. But. Way to go naming two bands that begin with the letter Y that only have three letters and one vowel and put them to and mash them up together. That's very okay. Great. 
Fair. Very talented. That's very, very, very talented of you. I'll take it. I have very little, I have very little good in my life. Coming in at number five, I'm getting the feeling that we definitely are not going to have any crossover records here. Number five. I feel like there's one or two up there that might work. Morbicon of Mournful Twilight. Uh, this is Phil Waste from Municipal Waste uh, did this record. And it's like a fucking crusher. It's like a really good USBM record, although calling it USBM isn't really accurate because I feel like half the collaborators are European. He literally just did it over the pandemic with his friends, which I kind of love. Okay. And it's just really, really solid black metal, really, really well-written melodic black metal, like definitely a lot of like dissection worship, you know. Got it. Excellent for what it is. Number four is this band Ard. The big four. All four of these probably could have been my number one. I actually changed my number one right before this podcast. Okay. Ard, Take Up My Bones. This is a do- art doom record about a 13th century monk in Nor- Northumbria. Okay. Uh, from one of the guys in Winterfellas. And it's just like, you know when you listen to like a record and it just sounds big? Yep. This is what that's like. It's just, it's so big. I just can't even comprehend how big it sounds. And like the main writer is a keyboardist, who which I don't think is really often the case for metal bands. So the compositions sort of feel different. Like symphonic-y or? It's symphonic, but also like the way he uses guitars is like the way a pianist would use guitars, I think. Mm. So it's really cool. It's really a gorgeous record. Number three is Dark Throne, Astral Fortress. Panzerfaust is my favorite Dark Throne album. Astral Fortress, Astral, Astral Fortress is them essentially making Panzerfaust part two. The minute I figured that out, I was like, this is it. Like, I'm going to love this album. And I do. Okay. Uh, number two is Esquela Grind at Memory Theater. I manage this band, to be fair. But this record is is fucking incredible, Chris. Derek, my friend. You know Derek Prince, my chef at Beauty and Essex? In yeah. Giant, huge metalhead. He loves this favorite band. Has been trying to turn me on to this band. I sent them to you forever ago. Yeah, I don't know if I'm just not in the right mood when I go to listen to these guys, but it, I, I don't know. It just, I, it, is, it kind of escapes me a little bit. But they're just wonderful. You know, just the movement they are generating, like, and not just because the record is like one of the best sort of death grind records I've ever heard, you know, but it's awesome because I don't really hear a lot of new death grind that like, well, like, rip off a riff from like harmony corruption and then also like clearly have influences from the last few years. And I really love that about them. Uh, and then also the fact that like, I don't really like no other band in grindcore really has as the same amount of like queer and POC representation, which I think is really important. So right. love that about them. My number one album. Oh, right. This is the only, oh, this is probably the only other band in one of the only other bands in hardcore with more POC representation is Soul Glow, Diaspora Problems, which is, like, insane. Um, it's, I've been a fan of Soul Glow since I saw them play the Lava Space, which was a DIY space uh, in Philly in 2014, mm-hmm. which was, like, a weird show that, like, you know when you go to a show and, like, at that show, like, th- several things happen that change your life? Yes, definitely. Most of my life changing moments coming shows. That show was what this what, that show was that for me. Not because I th- saw that band, because I like I met a bunch of people who I ended up becoming really close to, and like I was in a band with some of those people. I don't know. A bunch of stuff happened in that ex- experience, and it was sort of like what like looking back at it and like what the fuck. But seeing Soul Glow then and seeing how rough they were, and now where they've sort of turned themselves into an extremely lauded hardcore band with this extremely 
authentic and relatable and emotionally powerful blend of hardcore with kisses of rap. Okay. Right? Like, it's not hardcore with rapping, but it's, like, hardcore made by kids who grew up listening to both Minor Threat and Jay-Z. You know what I mean? And so even though it leans Minor Threat, like, it's very clear that, like, oh, here's a Pusha T reference, you know? Here's whatever, right? And it's like, oh, this is, like, for the backpack rap guy, this is the one hardcore record they listen to. And I think that it's just a powerful fucking statement on a level that very few hardcore bands have ever done. I don't know. It's just, there's very few records that kind of reach out and hit you in the nose the way this record does just in its raw energy and its beauty. And it's like, this is what hardcore is supposed to be about. This is what heavy music is supposed to be about, you know, in terms of empowerment, like it's just, it's a, it's a, a gorgeous, unforgettable, undeniable piece of art that you are better off for listening to. I hear you. How about that? I'm going to say that I don't know any of these fucking bands, um, but I've written them all down. Actually, that's not true. Of course, I know Dark Throne and I know Elder, actually. Um, I definitely want to check out Eight Bells. Um, well, and that's the whole point of this, right? Is that I hope that our listeners walk away with like new music to check out, right? And I'm definitely going to check out Arthur Brown's uh, Long, Long Road. So, uh, but our lists are wildly different. Oh, wait, one more. Ghost, Impera. I forgot about that. I don't even know how that didn't make it on the list. That's the album I listened to the most this year. That record is perfect. Is that record on your list? That record is on my list, but that's not on your list. That's an honorable mention. But I, but I added it to my list. If you get 11, I get 11. Okay, fine. We have crossover. See? All right. Yay. Everyone give it up for Matt Bacon and his wildly esoteric picks for the top 10 records of 2022. We have a limited amount of time left and there's something else I want to do beyond this. So I'm going to whip through. My list is going to, is going to reflect who, you know, who I am as a, as a metal fan, which means I think it's going to be, um, it's going to be a lot of uh, bandwidth and a lot of, a lot of different styles, but certainly not as to the extreme of Matt. Matt has a little bit more extreme taste of mine, not, which is not, neither better or worse. It's just what it is. I'm going to start with um, number 11. And so this probably would have landed in my top five or six had it been, a, a, and, and it probably would have bounced something else out of this list. I'm not sure what, but, um, but it just came out in December and, you know, nothing really comes out in December, so it kind of flew under the radar. But the new Spirit World record, Death Western, is such um, a good album. Oh, I should have put that on my list. Oh, I love that album. Such Fuck. a great album. It is. God a, damn it, I love that band. That's like it is. Oh, it's I can't. This record has made has they have shot to the top of my list of bands that I want to see live. Um, this record is. I've been listening to it nonstop for about a month. Um, the it, the whole record is great. The first six tracks, though, like those first six tracks are just, it's just, it's like, it, I just, wow. the aesthetics and, and, of that and, record. And, and, the, wow. and the reality is, is that they steal from Slayer like nobody's I've ever heard before. Like all the riffs are Carrie King's and they even do some guitar, like, you know, things that sound like Tom Araya screaming. I mean, they're Slayer, um, their love for Slayer is on their sleeve, but but it's not offensive. It works and it's good. And they just have they they remind me. It's like Slayer meets Power Trip, um, you know. And Power Trip, of course, is no more um, because of the tragedy of, of their singer. But but it reminds me of Slayer meets Power Trip. So if you're a fan of either 
fans. Um, the riffs are just so chunky and the breakdowns are just great. And um, I love the samples. Yeah, great samples. Um, I work out really hard uh, to look as mediocre as I do. Um, and this has been my workout record go-to for at least the last three weeks or a month. But it didn't quite make the list. That's my honorable mention because it came out so late in, in the year. Number 10 is Ghost and Impira. Now, this is going to be going to elicit some controversy because, you know, there are a lot of people out there who don't think Ghost are metal band and people get all, you know, all kinds of sensitive and you know ghosts they're not metal and you know whatever but um you know i would argue that maybe they're more rock than metal and they're more art rock than metal and that but and then but they they still borrow heavily from merciful fate and um you know king diamond and the songs are heavy enough that you know maybe they're not the heaviest metal band you ever heard but but Nonetheless, they crafted an unbelievable record um, that you can listen to from beginning to end. And there's it's all killer, no filler. And also, I will admit that I was an anti-ghost guy. And Brian Slagle, our partner at Metal Blade, was trying to sell me on them and took me to see them. And when I saw them, I was instantly converted because their live show is really, really, really spectacular. And so that opened up my mind to their music. And then soon after that, they released Impira. And um, I love it. I just think it's a great record. So that's my number 10. Incredible songwriting. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Number nine is going to be Sylvain with the record Nova. Love Sylvain. Um, Sylvain, um, it's kind of like black metal, melodic black metal with this really... um, you know, this kind of wafy, and I say that, and it doesn't maybe sounds weird, but like the woman who is the singer, songwriter, lead vocalist, she's got this long blonde hair that goes down to like her ankles, it seems. And she's seems like she was like plucked out of a forest somewhere. And, um, and she's got this really, really dreamy voice when she wants to use it, but mostly. But then it just that when it's juxtaposed to when she's like screaming and doing the black metal stuff, it just it just all works. Um, great, great record. Uh, number eight would be uh, Extinction AD with the record Culture of Violence. Um, another really great uh, some kind of gives me some kind of like Pantera, uh, great Southern trend kill vibes. So that they hundred percent entire vibe to them just like straight up um grimy uh it's not thrash metal really i don't know what would you call pantera they're not thrash metal groove um, metal you know yeah well groove metal yeah i guess you could call it groove metal. well that's like traditionally what we label pantera yeah okay so yeah so there you go so number eight extinction ad great record great great sound great production I, I don't know off the top of my head who produced it but the the bass in particular just like uh to use the term that kids use today the bass really slaps in this record um it's just it's just a really really great low end record if you're a rhythm section guy um the drums and the bass are just amazing number 7 uh which might also be controversial is going to be dream widow which is the fictional band from dave grohl and foo fighters um for those who don't know uh dave grohl and the foo fighters made a horror movie uh which came out last year called studio 666 um i was lucky enough to attend the premiere of that movie but uh regardless 
Um, it's a really campy, fun horror movie. If you're a horror fan and you haven't seen it, you should definitely get it. The, the basic storyline is that um, the Foo Fighters move into an old haunted studio to, to write their 10th record. And Dave Grohl slowly but surely uh, becomes possessed and over the course of the movie kills everybody else in the band um, while trying to write this, uh, you know, turn the Foo Fighters into a like a eh, not, not maybe not black metal, but there's, there's all kinds of influence. But he, but they did a record. Um, they actually wrote a record. And so it's way better than it needs to be. Um, if anyone's familiar with Probot, the project that Dave Grohl did back in the I don't know when was that early 2000s 2004 um, yeah when he wrote a bunch of uh, songs for all his um heroes like lemmy and tom warrior and king diamond and he wrote he wrote songs in the style of those bands and then those vocalists put their vocal track on it which was really brilliant it's kind of like that so if you like the probot record you'll love this dream Widow record um i love it yeah it's it's excellent yeah number six not a not a metal not a metal record but still top 10 records of of all time um and maybe i'm biased because he's a good friend of mine but my good good friend john lamacchia of ex candiria uh put out a record called thunderheads that is just it's sumptuous i don't know it's, it's decadent and sumptuous it's like it's kind of it's 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 more like a massive attack record uh massive attack meets failure um, I don't know. It's it's electronic. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's just really great. And he's been had a lot of success with it. The reviews have been amazing. Um, he's been playing. He's been playing live a lot more than I think he anticipated because the the um, the feedback has been so inc- incredible. I, I have not seen it live. I'd love to see it. But but if you're a fan of bands like Massive Attack, I would uh, I would definitely check out or like. Uh, Chino Marino's uh, like crosses project or um, that kind of stuff. Um, then you'll love this record. Um, that's number. What number was that? Five. No, wait. I'm wanting ten, nine, eight. So that was number six. Okay. You okay. Yeah. So Sorry. number five is um, I'm going with Dark uh, Darkane and Human Spirits. Great album. Uh, great album. It's like blackened thrash. Yeah. Um, some really incredible riffs. Uh, just a really well put together record, um, you know, maybe not the most like, you know, groundbreaking. You've never heard this before, but just doing what they do really extremely well. Um, great, great high energy record. Another band I want to see live. Uh, number four, uh, Witchery, quietly re- released Nightside. Um, Witchery is one of my favorite all time bands. They're like, you know, they have this that like uh that sort of lo-fi production that's that's very uh, prominent in black metal and but I wouldn't they're necessarily sick. call them black black metal they're more like they're more death metal I guess than 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 anything but um but the but the the production is just so raw and in your face that you feel like you're you don't it's not even that you feel like you're seeing them live you feel like they're in there like little you know uh um, rehearsal space, you know, rehearsing to go out on tour and you're sitting on the couch listening to them. Like that's how raw the production sounds. Um, the vocals are, are, are just fantastic. The, the, the imagery and the, and the lyrics is, is great. Um, you know, very satanic and such and such. Um, it's just, it's just a fun record. Um, which, you know, it's, it's high energy. It doesn't stop, grabs you by the throat and just, there you go. Um, top three, Ithaca, they fear us. 
Ithaca features a uh, really amazing female lead vocalist. There's no other way to say it. She's a plus size woman, uh, but she, you know, if you watch their videos, like go to YouTube and and watch their videos. There's a, they have a video called "The Camera Eats First. That really the whole song's about eating disorders and this and that. Like uh, she's just incredible. She just lays it all out there. Not to mention her voice is to die for. Like she is just one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best. Uh, aggressive female singers in the game. Uh, and then at the, at the very back end of the record, you don't see it coming because the first seven or eight songs, she's just, you know, she's just, she's just got her scream on uh, the last couple of songs. She actually opens up and sings and it's beautiful when it happens. Cause you don't expect it not to mention the riffs and the style of music, this very like uh, sort of metal core or, I don't know, almost hardcore-ish, like hate breed type um, riffs that they write are second to none. Great record. Could have been number one. Um, my top two could have also been swapped, although that's not true. My top one has been my top one. My top one was always going to be my top one. But but number two is a band I'm totally fascinated with. It's a record I cannot stop listening to. It probably came out in early 2022, which means that it's I've had it now for about a year and I still listen to it. I swear to God, every week, I'm usually on a flight at least once a week. Um, this is my, my on a flight soundtrack. It's a band called Blood Command. The, the record's called Praise Armageddon. Oh, you love this album. Yeah, it's really good. It is not metal all the time. It, it kind of bounces around. It's like kind of punk punk pop um it's got a little bit of uh um distiller's energy it's got a little bit of um brutus energy um this fascinating story about this record is they had a different singer there in england um they had to replace the singer they found this replacement also a woman um in australia and she re-recorded all the vocals before she even met the band is so the story goes and so so they recorded the record submitted the record released the record and then she moved to england they also have the best music videos out blood command again is their name i mean lamaki has got that sort of dream core record on this list but you know these guys are they they sound like a band that would be more at home on the warp tour than like a, a traditional metal festival but the record has plenty of metal moments and it's just, it's just a great record. I'm obsessed with it. And then number one, for sure, without question is Zealand Arter. Um, this yeah. the new Zealand Arter record. Um, I don't know. Like it's, it's as, as much of a masterpiece as anything I have ever heard. Uh, I just can't wait. I, I mean, in live, they're incredible, but we're not, we're not basing this top 10 on live performance, but Zealand Arter, they're a mashup of gospel blues metal um they have all these different harmonies uh they travel with two separate male backup vocalists i've seen them with a woman backup vocalist too uh yeah i think so um this is like nothing you've ever heard this is like something you've never ever heard their ability to switch genres from like blues or gospel to like straight up death metal or black metal or, or blast beats like within the same song and then go back again is just incredible. And uh, I can't wait to see what they do next. So Zealand Arter is my number one record of 2022. And that is my list. Good list. I feel like a lot of those records are records I really liked, to be fair. Most of those records could have been in my top 10. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm introducing a new segment that that Matt doesn't even know what I'm talking about. Oh Jesus! Obviously, one of the one of the top ten records of all time that we could all agree on is, um, or top ten songs, I should say, would be Iron Maiden's Two Minutes to Midnight. I want to start a new a new segment called Two Minutes to Have a Fight with Matt Bacon, and we're going to cover a couple things. Pantera, good idea, bad idea. Interesting idea. It had to happen. It's okay. I think that Zach Wilde is a hell of a performer. What do you think? One of us will take the positive fan, and one of us will take the, the negative fan. Who do you want to be? My relationship with Phil is such that I have to be the positive fan. Okay, go ahead. 30 seconds. Why is this a good idea? There's a whole generation of people who've never gotten to properly experience Pantera. Obviously, this is not going to be a real, you know, this is not Pantera, Pantera. But look, Phil sounds a lot better than he sounded in a long time. Having Rex up there is cool. Zach Wilde was his best friend. Uh, or was Dime's best friend. Charlie and, and Vinny were best friends. You know, this is real fucking good. And I feel like there were a lot. It was going to happen regardless, I'm sure. And this is a really good way for it to happen. I'm really glad that people get to experience it. I'm going to see it like eight times this summer. Yeah, that was a trick question because I can't say anything bad about it either. Anyone that's whining about this needs to shut the fuck up. They Charlie Benanti is one of the, the classiest guys in all of metal um, you know, is definitely doing this to honor, honor the band. Um, you know, Zach is the guy for the job. Um, you know, I'm good friends with Rita Haney, um, you know, dimes, um, you know, uh, wife, wife or widow, I guess. Um, and she's, you know, she's, she's given her blessing to it. If if you don't, if you guys, if you guys, I mean, if the argument you're going to say is, oh, it's a money grab or this and that, it's like, shut the fuck up. I'm not listening to you. Pantera should, should do this. I hear they're just extended their tour into 2024 and I'm all for it. Last thing before we sign off. Wait, are we not going to fight about anything else? Can we have another fight? Nah, we'll have to to fight another time next time. Although, although right now we might, this is the last thing and then we, we got to go. Um, Two tours just got announced this week. I want you to tell me which one you think is the better tour, and maybe we'll fight. Mastodon, Gojira, and Lorna Shore versus Creator, Sepultura, Death Angel, and Spirit World. What's the better tour? I work with Lorna Shore, but I... Oh, fucking Christ's sake. But I I dramatically prefer... I saw Creator with you. Yep. I think I brought you a beer during that set because I'm such a good friend. You did. Thank you, sir. I don't know. And Spear World, fuck. And what's the other band on that bill other than Sepultura? Death Angel. Yeah, Death Angel is excellent live. So to me, that is the tour. Okay. Why? What do you think? I have personal ties to all these bands, right? I'm, I'm good friends with all the Mastodon guys. You know, I'm good friends with Derek Green from Sepultura. Um, I just talked about how much I love Spirit World. I think I, I love Gojira. I presented them the Golden God Award uh, for best record a few, few few years ago at the revolver awards um so you know emotionally i can't really make a decision but i guess i would probably go with the creator sepultura tour only because i would get to see spirit world if spirit world were on the mastodon gojira tour i'd go that way fair play okay that is our show Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I will try to jump in as, as, as much as I can over the next couple of months. If you don't hear from me, please have patience. If you're in Las Vegas, uh, starting in about uh, the end of February or so, uh, please come see me at Caesars Palace at the brand new Stanton Social Prime. Once we get that up and running and in a good place, I will be back here weekly with my good friend, Matt. Uh, in the uh, meantime, keep supporting him. We really appreciate it. Matt, I appreciate you uh, taking control of the show while I'm busy doing all well I do. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys another time. Come drink a beer with us at Welcome to Rockville. Yes. 
That's another thing. Yes. Oh, that's great. So, yes, I will be appearing at all seven Danny Wimmer festivals this year, uh, starting with Welcome to Rockville in May. You can find all the dates on DannyWimmerPresents.com. I will be there cooking up a storm, uh, hanging out with the bands, hanging out with the fans. Um, yes, all seven Danny Wimmer, present, uh, Danny Wimmer Presents festivals, which, by the way, Pantera is on that first one at Welcome to Rockville. And the lineups um, for all the festivals are just completely sick this year. So come see me on the road. All right, we're out of here. And if you want to meet Chris, I'm way easier to get in touch with, and I'll take you to antagonize him. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Got to go, guys. Bye. All right. So that was awesome. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening to Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more. And above all, keep it heavy. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts? Thank you. <laughs>